an obnoxious drunk imprisoned by a mysterious enemy. After more than a decade, he's suddenly released. Now he seeks revenge, but uncovering the truth will be painful. All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing Old Boy on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Painful. I like, yeah, yeah. 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 I, just, I just kind of you know. <laughs> not earth shattering, just a little painful. painful. <laughs> it's good. I tried. It's a little more wordy than we usually go, but uh, <laughs> no, I, think, I think we need it. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Reggie Parker, and I'm Dan Bulek. Welcome to another episode of Retro, Retro versus Remake. <laughs> this is the series where we compare movies and their remakes. Join us as we answer the question: Should this remake exist? Today's movies are. Old Boy. Yes. Old Boy, 2003, a Korean film starring Choi Min Sik, Oh Tae Kyung, Yo Ji Tae, Yo Yeon Suk, Kang, Kang Hee Jung, Ji Dae Han, Kim Byung Ok, Yoon Jin So, and Oh Dal Soo. Directed by Park Chan Wook, screenplay by Park Chan Wook, Jun Hyung Lim, Jo Yun Hwang, music by Young Wook Joe. I can't believe. <laughs> Good luck, man. <laughs> I, better than I could say. Yeah. <laughs> I look like Rain Man. <laughs> um, Old Boy 2013. Starring Josh Brolin, Elizabeth Olsen, Charlotte Copley, Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Imperioli, Chris Pong Clementive, L.V. Yost, and James Ransom. Directed by Spike Lee. Screenplay by Mark Screenplay by Mark Proto-Savage, music by Roke Banyos. And uh, both films are based on the manga written by Garen Suchia and illustrated by Nobuaki Minigishi. All right. All right. Good <laughs> job. Thanks. So, uh, Dan, what was, your, uh, what was your first experience with uh, either of these films? My first experience with the original film was probably mid-2000s. I think I remember just seeing like on um, G, one of those G, what was that show that I lived in, like Attack of the Show type Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, one of those G4 shows. Yeah. Um, I remember they used to do DVD reviews and like somebody was talking about like, this movie, Old Boy, yeah. was like the most messed up ending you'll ever see. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll definitely rent that. So I probably rented it from Blockbuster back in the day. Nice. And uh, yeah, and <laughs> I saw it and yes, it was one of the most messed up endings it ever uh, scene and I really appreciated the movie. I thought it was really well done, uh, despite its insane content. And then I I did see the remake uh, before this, um, watching it for this podcast too. Um, I remember when it was coming out. I was like, okay, Josh Brolin, you know, he's right. coming off of like some good movies uh, at the time, um, like American Gangster. It was just like yeah, it was Josh Brolin. He was a cool guy. Pre Thanos. Yeah, yeah. So um, solid actor. Yeah. And uh, Spike Lee directing, so I was like, okay, we right. got a name behind this, right. so I'm looking forward to this. So I rented that, I saw it, and well, you'll hear my opinions about that. Absolutely. So yeah, my first experience with uh, the 2003 film, I was in a uh, college like screenwriting class, and the professor was like, all right, we gotta watch this, <laughs> like, this movie kicks ass. And um, you know, it's highlighting some different scenes, like there's a fight scene that we're gonna talk about, the ending that you're alluding to, um, uh, those were all part parts of the reason why we watched it. 
And then because I saw that movie, um, I was a little skeptical about the 2013 release. Um, I haven't seen it yet until this podcast. Oh, wow. So that was my first time checking it out. Well, that's our experience with the films. Uh, we both have opinions that you're going to hear about. But for now, we'll do a synopsis. And uh, this was hard work, so I hope you guys like it. Obviously, none of the names are the same. So. Not one name is the same. Um, there's extra people in places and stuff. But whatever. Um, an obnoxious drunk misses his daughter's birthday party while he's out on a bender. After the night out drinking, he interacts with an old friend before a stranger with an umbrella abducts him. He wakes up and finds himself locked in what appears to be a hotel room. His unseen captors provide him with food, but do not explain why he is held captive. While watching television in this prison, the drunkard learns that his wife has been murdered and he is the prime suspect. The man is in prison for years and begins to work out and train to fight. He's pissed off and wants revenge on his captor. He starts to tunnel out of the sealed room, but over a decade after being captured, the man is suddenly and inexplicably released. After being released, he's provided with money and a phone. He encounters a young woman that takes an interest in him, and his mysterious captor calls him on the phone to taunt and mock him. Now even more motivated, the former prisoner seeks out clues to discover who this mysterious stranger is. He gathers enough clues to find out the location of where he was in prison. The man tortures the warden to get more details on why he was locked away. The captor is revealed to be a wealthy man that gives the former prisoner an ultimatum to find out why he was in prison. If he can't discover the truth within a few days, there will be consequences. Through his old friend, the man discovers a stranger went to high school with them, and that he wanted revenge for the death of his sister. The former prisoner saw the sister engaged in an incestuous relationship, and he told other students about this. Shame from the gossip resulted in the sister's death. The stranger personally blamed the man and wanted him to suffer. Although the man finds the truth, he discovers that the prison plot was more twisted than he could imagine. The woman he met while hunting for his captor was actually his long-lost daughter. The captor plotted to trick the man and his daughter into having an incestuous relationship. This elaborate plan is meant to break the man's psyche so that he felt pain like his captor did all those years ago. Now the man knows the dark truth in both movies in their respective ways. That was pretty solid. Thanks, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I was able to follow that. I worked real hard on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, synopsis-wise, I think we have it. <laughs> there but these are two for films that are basically the same story they're they're different they're like there's a lot of yeah. different things happening in these films so um to even get started there we'll just start with our kind of our cast of characters and um our main protagonist yeah <laughs> we'll call him the old boy <laughs> the old boy um in the uh, 2003 film it's Choi Min Sik uh, as Odesu. And in 2013, we've got Josh Brolin as uh, Joe Doucette. Hello? Hello? Um, I think the best place to start the comparison between them two of them is before he's captured. Yes. The main character. Um, so I'll start with Odesu. Mm -hmm. um, so you're introduced to this random old dude who's at a police station. He's yeah. obviously been in an altercation because he's got like bandages and blood coming out of his nose, and uh, he's clearly drunk, yes. inebriated. And he's just he's just being like 
<laughs> uh, he's, he's being like annoying to everybody. Okay, this is what he's like. He's like that drunk at the bar yeah. who thinks they're being nice, but they're right. really just annoying everybody. That's yeah. kind of what he is. Like he's trying to like talk to people, but he's he's getting in people's space, and he, nobody wants to talk to him. And then he's being obnoxious. He's trying to constantly pee in the corner. Yeah, that he's part. he's just like this little ball of mischief, right? Pretty much, you know. I'm sure he's an, usually a nice guy. Uh, he even talks about his daughter, how mm -hmm. he's really excited because he got her a gift. Um, but you know, he just got a little drunk for some reason. Yeah. We don't know why, but sometimes people get drunk. And then sometimes they take him to the police station, and he's not arrested, but he's just kind of like detained. Yeah, until they kind of put him in the drunk tank. Yeah, kind of, kind of like kind a drunk of. tank. Um, so, and then his friend comes, he apologizes for him, and he's like, "All right, this is my friend, usually a good guy, but he just happened to be a little drunk tonight." Right. So that's kind of our introduction to Day Sue. A little drunk, a little pathetic, annoying, but I didn't get like this whole terrible person vibe. Right. Yeah, I think that that's one of the major differences here is a. Uh, I'm on the same page as you. Like when I watched it, I was like, okay, everyone's had their like drunk moment where mm -hmm. you're being kind of annoying. You're not really a bad guy, but you're in this moment, you're being an asshole. So he's not doing anything to purposely antagonize anybody. No, no. Or that he he thinks would like get anybody pissed at him. Yeah, I I think that um in a lot of ways that works because. Um, we do, you know, over time you watch the film, you know what happens to him, but I think it's kind of better that there's not a real reason why this guy should be in prison. Right. But, exactly. Like, he's like, okay, can he be a jerk sometimes? Is he, uh, we find out he's kind of a womanizer, you know what I mean? He like flirts with married women from time to time. Um, but, uh, he's just like, he's kind of a normal guy. He's just, sometimes he gets drunk and he's, and he's an asshole. Uh, in 2013 with Josh Brolin, Joe Doucette, we, we spent a lot more time from, right? In 2003, uh, Ode Su is just, he's hammered. It's a, a one moment in his life. Doesn't really reflect on necessarily, like you mentioned, every, like who he is as a person. We find out who Joe Doucette <laughs> is as a person. Um, and it is, it's, it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> It's not, it's not a good person, <laughs> no, for sure. No. Um, also drunk mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the times. He comes, he's starting like leaving a meeting or some type of lunch or something right. with clients and he's drinking and he, we see him like pour more alcohol mm -hmm. into his sippy cup and then he goes to, he has more work to do and then his boss is like, you know, just being a boss and he's yeah. kind of like, not really an asshole to his boss because he can't be, but right. like, when his back is turned, he's like, oh, fucking boss. And like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, hey, whatever, whatever. But then we got a call from wife, ex-wife. Yeah, it's his ex-wife. Okay. Um, I don't, unfortunately, I don't know the actress. I don't know her name. doesn't matter. Um, but in the movie, it's Donna. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, immediately <laughs> this guy, <laughs> just her and him just get into a shouting match. And her... Being mad at him is justified because she's been trying to get him to respond just for weeks. Right. If she, is he, is he going to come to his daughter's uh, birthday? Not wedding. Uh, are you going to come to your daughter's birthday? I've been trying to get hold of you for three weeks. And then, like, his reaction is just like, I can't fucking do it. Go fucking work. Fuck you. He's just like, just pissed at him. Yeah. Either he's yeah. obviously drunk, so okay, so maybe that's why he's been mad. But he, he's genuinely like an asshole. Yeah. I mean, the whole time. Asshole behavior throughout it, right? Like um like I said, the the heavy drinking, he's very contentious with his uh his ex wife. So, you know, it's believable 
that this guy could do harm to his ex-wife. You know, mm-hmm. we'll get kind of get to that portion. Um, he, you know, with the boss, right? They're like, hey, you got this meeting with a big client, and it's, it's that one guy from uh, the commercials. Hold up. Is it? I don't know. Hold up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna need my thingy here because, as you know, I'm terrible with names. I mean, we have the interaction with the boss, who's like, "You've got this, this major client." Uh, Joe Doucette works in advertising, right? Right. He's like, he's not Don Draper, though. He's definitely not Don Draper, and he's got a scene with a, a character who's actually in The Wire. He plays Lieutenant Cedric Daniels. We always love uh, alums from The Wire. <laughs> always, always. But, uh, it's not Omar this time. No, no, it's not Omar. <laughs> Uh, but Lance Reddick, who's you know gr- really good actor, yeah. um, great and it's always sunny too. Uh, I just gotta throw it. anybody who's been in it's always sunny. I'll throw it out there <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. But but you know he's got this that voice that he talks yeah, yeah. with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the meeting goes well. He's like, hey, you know, I'm fucking you you sell cars, I got the cars, and we're gonna do this. The minute Lance Reddick <laughs> leaves the table, uh, <laughs> Brolin's uh, Joe Dusset's just like. Talking to, because uh, Lance Reddick shows up with his wife or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, why don't you lose the old man and come fucking hang out with me, bro? And of course it goes <laughs> I like that Lance Reddick slaps him, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy you slap him. <laughs> but, like, this, this is what we're talking about. This is a slappable man. Josh, <laughs> Josh Brolin's character, like, you're going to miss your, your kid's birthday um, with months of preparation going into it to basically blow this big deal, yeah. you know, because you just can't keep it in your pants for an hour, you know, like, <laughs> it's crazy. And then, after that, you're just roaming through the streets, hammered. Yeah. And just, like, being a dick. Yeah, he just passes out in his own puke. Yeah. And then just, like, wanders the streets. He does buy a gift for his daughter, which is weird because he didn't give a fuck about her earlier. And all of a sudden, he's just like, hey, you want to buy a gift for my daughter? I was worried for the girl who was selling him the gift. Right. I was like, well, we've seen how he acts around women. Right, right. So, you know, how is he going to act around her? So, thankfully, nothing happened there. But he doesn't really have any redeeming qualities. No. I guess is what we're that, trying that's to That's what we're getting at, right? Yeah. There's nothing redeeming about him. Uh, What's kind of somewhat cool, I don't want to give it too much credit, but... uh. The woman that sells him the gift is wearing like the angel wings right. that are yeah. the, the gift from the original film. So I was like, ooh, reference. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no redeeming qualities for Joe Doucette. So I think that's, that's a major change, right? Like yeah. um, when you look at Ode Sue, it takes some time to figure out why he's a bad guy. Even when they break down what's bad about him, maybe it's a cultural thing that like we're not seeing him as bad. But uh, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> no, I, I think we don't really see why he's in prison because even after he is released from the police station, he is on the phone with his daughter. Mm-hmm. So we have two different like ends of the spectrum here. We have the guy who doesn't give a fuck about his family, right. telling his ex-wife to go fuck himself, as opposed to the guy who is still married, right. talking to his wife, yes. and talks to his daughter, and is like, I can't wait to see you, I got a gift for you, mm-hmm. daddy's going to be home soon, you talk to my friend now, because uh, I'm going to get ready to go home. So, you know, you can sympathize with that guy. Right. Because, like, okay, like you said, we've, we've had drunk times, we, we, we can relate to that, but, like, Josh Brolin's Doucette, it's just like, you're just... You're just a piece of shit, man. Yeah. Like I got nothing. Like uh, yeah, I can see why somebody might want to lock you up. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like we can see why someone wants to lock you up. Um, kind of like because the friend becomes more important throughout, but because he's in the early scenes, uh, we'll just 
kind of bringing a friend because I do want to know the difference there. Mm -hmm. um, in the original film, it's uh, Ji Dae Han who plays No Ju Hwan in the movie. He's Daesu's friend and he owns an internet cafe. <laughs> Okay. In the remake, it's uh, Michael Imperioli, who's uh, Christopher <laughs> Montesanti from uh, The Sopranos, who plays Chucky, uh, who owns a bar called Chucky. Do I know you? It's Joe. Um, again, another like difference here, we'll talk more about the friend, but um, Odesu gets bailed out by Juan in the original film, and he's like, hey, look, Odesu's not a bad guy, he's just having a bad day, yeah. right? Um, like you mentioned, he's calling the wife and stuff like that. Chucky, uh, you know, Chris, <laughs> Christopher, um, it's like, dude, go away. <laughs> like, what, why are you bothering her right now? So, like, even that interaction, so early on, is so different. Like, you've got a friend that's, like, clearly good enough friends with you that he's going to come at the ungodly hour of night to, to bail you out and you know when he goes missing i think there's a bigger impact there because the friend's like well we're right. where's already too and it makes sense that even years later that he's like oh my god i'm glad to see right it that again going back really the main point of all this is that uh joe Doucette is such a dick that even his friends don't want to see him right and it it really does change the flavor of the film mm -hmm. so early it in does. these opening moments. Yeah, your perception of the main character, like Odesu, like that, that was a good point that you brought up the friend because like Jun Hwan's defense of Odesu, like, you know, because you're not necessarily not on his side, but you, you know, it's like, okay, who's this drunk guy? Like, yeah. who, who, who's he really? But like, you know, you got a sober friend coming in being like, he's not a bad guy. Mm -hmm. So you're able to, you know, see <laughs> that, okay, maybe this can be a good right. guy. And then right. he is on the phone with his daughter, like I said. And then you got Chucky, who's like, no, no, go, go away, Tony. I mean, uh, go away, Joe. <laughs> yeah, Tony. <laughs> uh, you know, go, come back when you're sober over there. Sorry, I love doing my Maltesanti yeah, impressions. Yeah. Um, so, Ubiquitous. <laughs> Alright, sorry, we're gonna yeah, we're we'll just, try to keep that to no, a minute. We love HBO shows. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the Wire and Sopranos. We're gonna talk about you. Oh man. Um but yeah, so like by having Chucky just turn him away, instead of being like, Oh, you're my good friend, come in, you know, right. let's uh, let's sober you up so you can get home to your kid. Like right. he doesn't do that for him. No. Which, because, because why? Because he's probably a piece of shit. Right. And why should I, you know, put myself out there to help you sober up for your kid? Right. If you're such a piece of shit. Yeah. And I think that um, because ultimately, this is, it's it's a story about revenge. It's a story about like consequences for your actions. Um, when you have a character where it's ambiguous why he should face such an extreme punishment. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's why, like, when I said protagonist, I was like, eh, who? <laughs> is it, right? Um, when you have someone who reasonably probably shouldn't be tortured for decades, right? Mm -hmm. um, versus someone that, eh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, it, again, like, whenever you're doing a film, like, the audience has to get behind your main character. And this, like, early intro in a Joe Doucette, it makes it really hard to be on like we've said about a lot of characters in the past but like it's hard to be on the do set train like i don't want to mm -hmm. i don't want to back this guy because there's nothing like you mentioned redeemable about him and uh that's just it. 
small, I mean, it's not a small difference, major difference. And it, you know, when you're trying to get into the, the plot, I think it's just, um, it's a strange way to start. Um, I think they probably should have dialed back on yeah. how hateable this character could be. Yeah, I think, the, and to add on to that problem is we never really get a moment to right. sort of turn our per perception of like who this character is. He does have a drinking problem, which he eventually gives up. Right. So that's commendable, but right. is that necessarily a reason to root for a character because they decide they're going to give up drinking for their daughter? Like, I think that's supposed to be the turn. I, I think in so. the remake, but it. it I don't know. It's, it's not. It's just not done that well. No. Where I'm able to like get on board at that point. It's still like I don't really like you. You were yeah. a piece of shit. I felt bad about your mice, but like yeah, yeah that was pretty rough. Yeah, that was really fucked we'll, up. We'll talk about that. Um, but like there, there never really is a solid moment in the remake. I think where you're able to get on his side because. He was such a piece of shit in the right, beginning. Right. I don't think he ever really makes up for it, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and, you know, um, again, minor point, but, like, calling the daughter in the phone booth is a difference, right? Yeah. Um, he doesn't interact with his ex-wife. He doesn't interact with his daughter. It's this idea that, like, I'm going to change for you, daughter, who we've never seen, who we don't know anything about. She's three. You know, like, okay. Um, after years of being imprisoned right you stop drinking right like honestly because there is this kind of like plot twisty conspiracy type of thing happening to him it's like is that part of the plan because like you you start to think about things like that was part of the plan to sober this guy up because like they kept feeding him booze <laughs> right in prison so it's like which is a change again like changes have to have a point and i think that Stopping drinking doesn't feel like the big win that I think they're trying to make it look like right. in the film. So, yeah, like you're locked away in a hotel prison for, um, in this case, 20 years. In the original film, it's uh, it's 15 years, um, which actually to me makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. You know, eh, well, maybe not. It's dark either way. Like I, I don't know if the extra five years really makes that much of a difference. I mean, obviously it'll affect your psyche more. It's a lot way longer, but like, you know, we obviously know the ending. You know, obviously his daughter's gonna be eighteen versus I guess twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Does it really make that much of a difference? I mean, obviously it's better if she's older. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. And so it's it's really awkward, but like, in terms of serving the plot and what the main villain wants to happen, I I, I don't know if the extra five years is. Right. That important. Right. I guess. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. So let's just to kind of reset here. And because, actually, yeah. because of the different ending, it actually makes less sense hmm. because 20 years now she's an adult, but I'm, I'm getting way ahead here. Okay. Because okay. the main villain, you know, everybody's having an incestuous relationship with the dad. I'm sure that was been going on their whole lives while they were teenagers. Mm -hmm. So you think he would let him out earlier yeah no that's, so he could have exactly I, the same way i think i think they just wanted to be less gross for, <laughs> for an american audience and i you know whenever we talk about foreign films i always think we sort of coddle the american audience like um one of the things that happens early in the film it it was really jarring for me it's not a big deal but like he's like three my daughter's three and i'm like what all right bro like yeah she's three like he just Focuses on that so much, but you know, ultimately, um, 
what what we're getting at is that Joe Doucette is completely unlikable and in a lot of ways irredeemable. Ode Sue, um, a little more ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's a, maybe he deserves this fate, but it's it's not apparent that he does. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I I found it interesting in the original film when Ode Sue starts writing off possible enemies because like to me that that felt better because it's like mild-mannered guys right who could right not like me and you know it's cool that he comes up with a pretty strong list (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um i think if you spent 15 or 20 years in a prison that you'd come up with a lot of names trying to figure out what would happen what excuse me trying to figure out why you're here um josh rowan i mean like it's very obvious yeah that he has numerous enemies it's just more relatable if it's more of an everyday man Mm -hmm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to somebody who's clearly an asshole you're like okay that guy could definitely have enemies i'm not surprised but like if it's an everyday man you could you know you could put yourself in his shoes and be like wow that could happen to me like i don't know who i've offended right just like oday sue trying to figure out like who have i really fucked over right so that just plays better to anybody who's just watching who can relate to like most people don't identify as assholes, right? <laughs> even if they are, you know. Yeah, like, even assholes think, "Yeah, I'm an alright guy." Yeah. So it's like um, you're right. So being a normal guy, um, because this is such an extraordinary situation, you're like, "Holy shit!" Like who could not like me? And it, I don't know. That mystery works better, like you're mentioning, than um, someone who's an obvious villain, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're obviously a bad guy. Hundreds of people could be on that list, and you know what? Hundreds of reasons why you deserve that versus a guy who like, I mean, yeah, I don't know, maybe you cut some guy off in traffic. Like, I don't know what he right. did. I don't know what he did. Yeah, you know? it could be as simple as that. And, you know, who has a lot of money and you just cut him off in traffic. That's, that's, that's I guess, kind of part of the fun, right. <laughs> for lack of a better term, of the original movie, trying to figure out what this guy did. Right, right. As opposed to Josh Brolin, well, he maybe he tried to sleep with some guy's wife, which we I mean, clearly have seen him. Right, right. Because even when they say that, like, um, Ode Sue's a womanizer, uh, because, again, why I brought up the friend, the friend's downplaying that. He's like, yeah, you know, you may have slept with somebody's wife or two, but, like, he's still kind of team Ode He's like, yeah, you're, but you're not a bad guy. It's also, it also could be just guy talk. Yeah. You know, like, maybe Ode Sue's just talking himself up, or maybe his friend's just talking him mm-hmm. up at the same time. But, like, we don't see it, so like you don't know how much truth there is. Right. There, but we have seen Josh Brolin's right. character. Right. Right. No, it's a hundred percent. Um, kind of, kind of moving into sort of the next phase of the film, because like that, it, as much as we're breaking this down, it's really like the first few minutes of both films. Uh, yeah. Even less so in two thousand three, which I liked. I liked that we just, all right, he's drunk. You know, he's. Pissing the police off, you, you're a dickhead, or like whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, as it, annoying as it is, it's actually fun. It right? is it's funny. funny. It, it's a fun, yeah, it's funny. He tells the cops to go fuck themselves before he leaves. <laughs> and, like, it, 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 and, you know, he runs out like he's going to get arrested again, you know. Because, because of how pathetic he is, it, yeah. it, that's what makes it funny. Yeah. Because he's not imposing. Right. He's, he's like, not threatening at all. He's, he's this old fucking flabby dude. and he's Rolling talking, on the ground, yeah. trying to piss in the corner. They like have to chain him to a, yeah, a he's, wall. He's, like, oh. he's down with his underwear at a certain yeah. point. He's, he's as pathetic as you can be yes. when you're drunk. Yes. Which ma- is, makes him funny and somewhat endearing mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're watching it. Because he's not like threatening at all. Right. 
He's right. not really an asshole. Well, he's a bit of an asshole, but like he doesn't really know because he's drunk. So yeah. he's, he's sort of you're able to kind of like forgive that. Right. And again, this is a small, subtle point, but in that film, when he's locked up, he's got no clue what's going on, right? Josh Brolin assumes that he's banging some woman. And right. Like, there's a shower running. He's like, oh, you know, uh, I'm going to piss in your toilet. And it's like, oh, you, like, you thought you slept with someone, even though you were, like, blackout drunk. And, like, again, just that little flavoring character difference. It just, it made, harder to get behind that guy. Ode Sue being pathetic, like you're saying. Easier to get behind that guy. Easier to relate to that guy. Easier. And when you say relate, you got to also use the word sympathize. Right. I sympathize with yeah. Ode Sue. Um, Josh Brolin, yeah, yeah, I sympathize. Like, no one should be in prison um, against their will um, unjustly for that long. But also, I don't know. Like, it just, it's very plausible that that guy deserves to be here. Right. And I think that's the major difference there. Um, what I found interesting is that the prison itself between the two films is more or less the same. Like, mm -hmm. they kind of yeah. pretty consistent with that. Um, the painting on the wall is, like, different, but, like, yeah. everything else is pretty similar. Um... I think because I don't know enough about, like, uh, Korea, as they were playing, like, showing the passage of time, I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Versus, like, the American film, they're like, 9-11, George Bush. Well, they still showed 9-11 in both films. Oh, yeah. Hmm. All right. That's you, true. You saw Barack Obama's second uh, inauguration <laughs> in uh, Old Boy. Thanks. Well, I'm just bad at remembering things. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know, like, the when they begin training, right, in the films, uh, like you mentioned before, the remake is more centered around him, like, just so many shots of him pouring alcohol down, like, sinks and toilets and stuff like that. Like, they really honed in on that, the alcohol portion of this. Um, really doesn't matter, right? Like, you know, like, at the end of the day, you're both kind of training your body. Um, I found that the the mice scene that she talked about did sorry to say it did start to make me feel sympathy for right. Josh Brolin mm -hmm. because that was that was fucked that up that was messed up that was fucked yeah, up um, but I don't know like that whole portion in the middle is uh, pretty much the same though like well I'll give you a major difference between okay. the films is um, we get more voiceover mm. in the original that we do in the remake. The only time we really get voiceover in the remake is when he's making those letters to his daughter. Yeah. And that's the only time we get his internal thoughts. Otherwise, in the original film, like, Ode Su, just like the whole process of like, what is it like to be locked yeah. up here? And when, when he's experiencing random things and like how he's like, how he's dealing with his current situation. So we're able to get in our yeah. protagonists, you know, just in his head and just figure out like, and again, learn more about who he is, and like, yeah, like, why are you locked up? Right. We're trying to, we're right. trying to get there with you, buddy. And um, we don't get any of that from um, Doucette. So again, less relatable. Mm -hmm. And you know, I know voiceovers are usually like no, big but like, sin, but it actually worked really well in this film because like, he's locked up. So it's like he's either gonna talk out loud, or you got voiceovers. It's yeah. the only way to really understand it, what the character's going through. It made me feel. Again, talking about relatable, it made me feel like the person being locked up. You're like, okay, 
Like, uh, there's one line where he's like, if you see a woman with a, with a violet um, umbrella, uh, or no, if you see a stranger with a violet umbrella walking down the street, uh, you know, basically avoid. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's great advice, man. Um, yeah, no, the voiceover works really well. I think some of the psychological things that happen in the film right. are better. There's the um, ants. The ants, yes, which two characters in the film see ants uh, in certain parts of their like life, but like seeing the ants, seeing this kind of psychological breakdown with the voiceovers was really, um, it was a compelling part of the film. Uh, it really did make it feel like that claustrophobic, locked in feeling. Um, and yeah, Brolin, no, like uh, you don't quite get that. Like they kind of replace that with this really strange scene where he starts collecting like there's a mouse that gets into the room and the mouse has babies and then they like feed him the mice. Yeah, they find out about it and then they, after the mouse does have babies, they end up cooking yeah. it and it's like, it's, it's a really fucked up scene yeah, which I, it's like, yeah, that sucks man because like that's all he's got going for him. Right. Right? right. He like made a friend, a living friend, not an imaginary one, like his pillow that he eventually <laughs> makes. Like, yeah. His, his Wilson. Yeah, the Wilson. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, he has this mouse and then she's pregnant and she gives birth to all these tiny mice and they're still like they don't even have fur yet. Right. And then they get cooked. Yeah. So, like, I'll give that to the remake. That was really fucked up. And yeah, I, felt, I felt bad for his character. Yeah. Definitely at that point. But still, like, not a redeemable thing. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, them being monsters doesn't make him less monstrous. Right. It, it does help um, with his turn, though. I will say that that was a clean way to get into him, get, like, starting to train and stuff like that. So, yeah. there's that. I don't know. I think that, um, like you mentioned with the voiceover, to me it felt more defined as things progressed in the prison cell in the original film. Um, whether it was his own mental psyche, whether it was why he started training and stuff like that. Having insight into what was going on in his head was important. Um, again, with the prison, another major difference is the uh, in both films, there's a reference pretty early on in their prison stint where they find out that their family's been murdered. Uh, their captors take evidence from both of them to frame them for this. Uh, it's kind of a one shot in the original. Like, this happened, your family's dead, um, deal with it. The remake kind of like it plays out throughout the film. It's like a, a, te a television series, like a mysterious mysteries kind of true crime thing where they kind of keep revisiting um his daughter like uh in the film and I, I don't know like uh as we talk about the villain i guess we'll get into that more but like i just um i don't know if i like that i don't know if i liked this playing it out so much it seemed weird at the time when they kept showing it especially because it's like now it's the 10th anniversary right now it's the 20th right. anniversary of it. like so I like it definitely shit for that long exactly <laughs> exactly it's a tv show but it makes sense when they go into the ending mm -hmm. it, 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 it's it, like, it comes together there's, a, there's like a payoff there another uh alumnus of sopranos too uh, yeah. was the host of that show oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was in sopranos as nice. well he was nice. he worked with multisanti a lot multisanti <laughs> 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 anyways um but like yeah i thought it was weird uh, to keep bringing it back to that like every time you turn on the tv it's like 
this one program was like dedicated to like his right. murder specifically. So that that was weird, but I think they do explain it in the ending well enough where I was able to like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like, um, and it does fit with the cons again this more conspiratorial mm -hmm. aspect of this. Like he's really being messed with in that way psychologically, versus the um, the original film has hypnotism. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess we're kind of substituting a character being hypnotized with a character that's being kind of like... Kind uh, of like led yeah. down a certain path. It's like programmed. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like gaslighting. Yeah, know? for sure. For sure. But, you know, um, long story short, like, there are some differences like that in the prison uh, sequence. Ultimately, we come to the same conclusion, right? Like... They both of them started like training their bodies, uh, becoming revenge oriented. <laughs> yeah. Um, both characters are tunneling out. Again, like you mentioned, voiceover. I knew what his plan was when he was tunneling out in the original, mm -hmm. right? He's like, All right, brick by brick, it's going to take me this many years. One month. I'm one month away from getting out of here. Um, we don't really get that with Brolin. Like, we don't really know when he's gonna bust out he just kind of does kind of on the very end he was writing to his daughter like tomorrow's the day or like one more day like once he removes a bunch of the bricks yeah and he even like um slight difference he even like does get out for he him. does it, and this is another small difference in the two movies like when Desu finally gets to the like exterior of the building it's raining and mm -hmm. then just like his excitement of like oh my it's god it's a really good shot this, this yeah. is amazing like I'm touching rain for yeah. the first time in 15 years you know that's insane yeah and then, like josh brolin like kicks open the the duct and he's able to actually like see outside and we don't see his reaction no he's just like there's just cuts yeah and you think that it's like a major moment like we see his reaction when he's released right but for some reason it's completely ignored when he breaks out and he could he can just get out. Like, right. I, no. I don't... Like, yeah. I don't he, we're never explained, like, why he doesn't actually yeah. escape at that point. That is confusing, because, like, in, in the original film, you know, he, he touches the rain, and he's like, well, you know, I've done all this work, and he quite literally is like, I don't know, I could be on the 53rd floor of this building. Right, right. But either way, right, because... I'm it's, out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, like, I'll kill what, myself. Whether I, I jump from 50 stories, or I can just, like, leave... Either way, I'm I'm out of here. Um, yeah, Josh Brolin, you're right. Like he, he he's out. Then the gas starts coming, and you know, because we know that this gas in the prison makes both these characters fall asleep. It's like, wouldn't you just wouldn't you, like leave? Like you got your bag. You I feel like there was this weird thing, like he was about to leave and then he got distracted by seeing something about his daughter on TV, and then that's the reason he yeah. stayed. And then the gas came during that, and it was like a little really. Lame reason it's to not little, leave. It's a little flimsy. It's yeah, little, I think the problem is um, you would need the same setup, right? Where he's yes, he's burrowed out, but like you know, one hand's out, right? Like if it was like if he wasn't physically out of the prison, I don't think I'd be making a big deal about right. this. But he's physically out. Right, he could totally just escape right at that point. Yeah. What, are you, what are you doing? Um, doesn't matter. Uh, both <laughs> both characters end up uh, in a. Uh, was, was it a chest or yeah. luggage <laughs> outdoors?
and like the real journey begins. So, um, I don't, I don't think that we need to like break down sequentially what happened, but like that to me, um, really the major hit hits here on these characters are Josh Brolin's character seems, uh, less redeemable. Um, there's voiceover in the original film that again, voiceover can be tricky, but I think they do it really well here. Um, that gives you more insight into Odesu. Uh, he's really reacting like a caged animal, really. Um, when he, like you said, with the rain and stuff like that, like Odesu feels like someone that has been in prison for 15 years. Josh Brolin's character, I don't know, like little moments like that where you're out, but you're not. Like that doesn't read to me as someone trying to escape as much. And I, I just think that overall, when it comes to framing these characters. The original old boy does a much better job with making his protagonist relatable, making the protagonist feel like someone that has gone through this terrible ordeal and who's really reacting to it. I mean, he does really strange things that we haven't even began talking about yet, like uh, the octopus scene <laughs> we were talking about. Like, um, yeah, the uh, Odesu character is just a more believable, more relatable yeah. um, protagonist. And in that sense, I found him to be just, you know, yeah, better. Yeah, he's more relatable. He's more of the everyday man. Mm -hmm. As opposed to Josh Brolin, who's, like you said, the asshole. And when we get to the action scenes, I think Desu's everyday man is going to play up those action scenes because of right. what we've seen of him. But we'll get to that when we get to those action scenes, won't we? Yeah. Let's go into those other characters. I think we talked about these. Yeah, we, we went for a yeah. long ride here. My bad. We got deep. We got deep. But I think uh, when when you're when you're talking about a film that's like truly centered around one character, ultimately, um, yeah, it, it, I'm glad that we were able to just kind of work that out. Um, once this character gets out, he meets uh, kind of a love interest, right? Like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, let's just say love interest daughter I don't know what you yeah, want to say we're, we're, <laughs> uh, we'll say love interest because that's how the main character is perceiving her as yeah so in uh, the 2003 film we have uh, King Hee Jung who plays Mido um, and in the remake we have Elizabeth Olsen who plays Marie Sebastian. No, you're far from all right. What are you doing here? I apologize for reading your letters. So, right out the gate, something that um, we want to talk about, because both these characters, uh, we find out by the end, are Odesu's uh, daughter. Let's see. We we find out by the end of both these films that this this character is the uh, the protagonist old boy whatever you want to call him that's uh, their his daughter um, in the two thousand three film he's a sushi she's a sushi chef that he had heard of through television right and the remake she's some random woman he runs into at some like like mobile free clinic she's he sort of led there. In yeah. a way, because um, he sees this umbrella, which is weird because like it had the the same tattoos. Like both uh, films, the main protagonist is tattooing how many years he's been mm -hmm. locked up, and it has like the twenty marks right. on the umbrella, so he notices that immediately. But it had the twenty marks before he was even locked right. up too, right? Which seems like 
You didn't need to have that that early, but whatever. It's it's all right. So he's chasing that umbrella, and he's trying to find this woman. Um, It leads to an actual fight scene, which we'll get to when we get to the action. But then he, like, doesn't find the woman. He finds, like, just some random, I guess, homeless guy, we'll just say. Right. And then, like, um, that's where Elizabeth Olsen's Marie just happens to be working. So he was kind of led there. Yeah. In the same way that Odessu was kind of led there due to watching it on TV and maybe hypnosis. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the hypnosis is a heavier factor in the original film. In fact, well, it's not not a factor at all in the remake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great point. Uh, it is a non-factor in the remake. Um, uh, what's interesting about the Mito kind of meet-up scene is uh, we find out later that she's also hypnotized. Mm-hmm. So when they first react, it's kind of like a Manchurian Candidate situation. <laughs> um, there's like a key phrase that said that makes both of them react a certain way because uh, the way we engineer this relationship, that's a word that's coming to me here, um, in the original is based a lot off of uh, this hypnosis mm-hmm. kind of factor. In the remake, it's just kind of like more, almost like socially engineered. Like he's, he's being led, like you mentioned yeah. with the, uh, the umbrella and stuff like that. And... I don't know. Um, in terms of the characters themselves, they give Elizabeth Olsen, instead of being hypnotized, they give her kind of like a dark past, sort of. Like she's um, a former addict. And they kind of imply that that's the reason that she's sort of drawn to him. I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that is one reason. I didn't actually put too much thought into like her reasons of like why she would be attracted right. to an older man um now that you said it out loud it it it's not it's that strong yeah yeah that's the problem right that uh because you know based off of what she does for work in her head like he's like a homeless guy yeah 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 <laughs> like, she, i'm sure a bunch of them could be addicts too so it's like why doesn't she fall for any of them right right like the guy who has the umbrella like uh the, the captors give this random homeless guy the umbrella it's kind of reminiscent of a scene where uh ode sue gets his phone and money or whatever from a, a homeless man right but um yeah it's just like why right yeah, the motivation makes a lot less sense because, like, hypnosis is as much of a trope as that can be. It at least, like, makes sense, like, why these two characters got together, why she would invite a stranger to her home. Yeah. And then just by having him in her home makes the connection between the two of those characters stronger. Yes. As opposed to, like, uh, Chucky, <laughs> who mm. finds the, the phone number uh, that's randomly in his hand. Right. And, like, he is kind of the reason that the two of them, like, reconnect after they initially meet. Right. So it's like, so if Chucky never called, would they have gotten together I don't at know. all? I don't know. Like, that's the thing, right? Like, and, and you know, when you're talking about a movie where it's supposed to be like this master plan, like... Exactly. Was the plan for him to pass out and Chucky to find... Like, right, right. You know, like... Um, I don't like... Would, if Chucky hadn't called her, would she be pursuing him for some reason? It's a... Yeah, right. if it's not for fucking crystal flaw, I don't, I don't know if this movie uh, even happens. Right, right. And, you know, like, I could see with Mito what the inner, like, what the appeal is because right. he's actually, you know, 
yeah, he's he's a strange bird, as we like to say. He's a weird guy. But when they first interact, you know, he shows up. He's pretty knowledgeable. He's like, oh, you're that famous uh, woman chef. Right. Um, and they're having, like, a conversation about her career. And he's like, you know, women usually aren't sushi chefs because their hands are warmer. I don't know yeah. if that's true. That's yeah, what he said. My wife hated that. This bullshit. Who made up that fucking bullshit science? I was like, I don't, I didn't write it. Don't get mad at me. It's the patriarchy. <laughs> um, yeah, but, like, their first interaction, even as strange as it, as it is, even when he eats a live octopus, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, um, I think the hypnosis adds to that factor, but even before the hypnosis, I felt that that interaction was like weirdly enough going well mm-hmm. and to a certain extent and really like the turn happens when he passes out and she instinctively or like I don't know uh, she she takes him back to like take care of him right. um, making Elizabeth Olsen quite literally like a nurse a yeah. doctor whatever I don't know because you're right they, they need eh, get the fuck out of my face you know like Josh Brown's like I don't yeah. Don't touch my stuff. And then Chucky has to be the one to call. You're right. Like the original film just runs with this relationship, and it is just as odd that she's like, "Well, I'm not gonna go to work today because I'm gonna like yeah. help this random person find stuff." But like you mentioned, the trope of hypnosis allows me to suspend disbelief right. and to just run with this situation. Um, first Elizabeth Olsen thing was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> I think also just going back into the the amount of time he's locked up, you know, having someone who's 18 versus someone who's like 23, you could see like an 18 year old being a little right. more susceptible or just like falling for that or just, you know, just being naive and to bring someone like that to right. your home as opposed to somebody who's 23. And not only is she older, but like, you know, he says like outright, like this other doctor who's a new character in the remake, like he has romantic feelings for you and you have the same for him. So like she has pursuers right so why is she lashing on to this older man who she just met right um so that doctor you're talking about he's played by james ransone it's dr tom melby in the film i found that to be messy um i think that again maybe because of a more american audience i think that towards the end when everything happens they want us to be able to say hey there's an option for Elizabeth Olsen's character. Like, you don't have to be obsessed with this older <laughs> gentleman that happens to be your dad. Um, I, I don't know, like, but he doesn't do much. I don't. I didn't understand his inclusion at all. Like, he only seems like an obstacle he, to Josh Brolin's yes. character, yeah. if anything. It, it's like, all right, you've got a, a doctor, a nice guy, who... Um, is aware of her addictions. It was like, hey, look, I'm worried about you. Right. I want you to slip me. And she's like, oh, you think I'm using? It was like, oh, I mean, you're hanging out with random right. <laughs> dudes that beat people up in the streets, you know, and who have been locked up for 20 years. So, yeah, maybe, you know. <laughs> um, he does seem like an obstacle, and he's not included in the film enough to be included in the film. I don't understand his inclusion. And by, I'll actually, by including him, like, it makes it seem like she has more of a life outside of mm-hmm. dealing with joe and whatever he's going through so like it makes less sense for her to kind of just stop everything that's going on in her life to help this guy as opposed to mito who we don't see her interact with anybody like right. maybe she's just alone and she's lonely and it makes a little more sense for her to kind of just like all right i'm gonna help this guy because he seemed like he was in need and you know 
you know, somebody who has nothing to latch on to somebody as opposed to somebody who seems to have stuff going on right. in their life. Right. It's a little it, less plausible because of that doctor. It's it's less plausible and like, you know, I, I'm not asking a lot of questions about Mito taking so much time to hang out with this guy, right? Like, um, yeah, she, she let him stay at the house. So, you know, it's, hmm. it's not like that much of an intrusion. Um, it doesn't seem to be affecting her job. When he introduces doctor, he's like, oh, what the hell are you doing? You know? It, like you mentioned, it's just, it, it stops the flow of the storyline by adding this person that's ultimately irrelevant. Yeah. Um, like maybe if he was hired by the main villain, it that'd, would be, make, that'd be something, you know, yeah. if he was in on it. Yeah. You know? so like, why not? Like so many people are in on it, like at a certain point, like why not just have him in on it? But like he doesn't really do anything. So his inclusion like really is unnecessary ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, from a and uh, the way you're describing it, like from a chemistry standpoint, to uh, Mito, it makes more sense that she has this interest in him. Um, it just feels like a more natural interaction. Having this doctor thing makes the Elizabeth Olsen interaction feel less like the chemistry is not there because someone's actually pointing out what are you doing. So now that question's in your head too. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, and even the way Josh Brolin is with her in the initial meet, he's just like, stay away from my stuff, leave me alone. And like you mentioned, Chucky has to reconnect that thread. It's like, why even cut that thread in the first place? Like, just have it stay the same. But I, I don't know. It, it was, um, there were some strange choices in the way they um, tried to string that relationship together. And I just think the original was much cleaner with this uh, this interaction. But there are, I do have issues with mm -hmm. Mito's character and just like, I guess maybe her relationship with Desu. Like, sure. obviously Desu hadn't really seen a woman in a long yeah. time. So Good yeah, point. he does get a little rapey mm -hmm. uh, at one point. Almost and, immediately. <laughs> yes. At one point. Like, as soon as he wakes up, he just like, she's like, don't come in the bathroom because I have a knife. He's like, okay. And he just comes in the bathroom and tries yep. to like, force himself on her and she rightfully just like beats him and tries to defend herself yeah and then like he does kind of have a moment he's like i'm sorry i did an unforgivable sin i will leave right and then she's like oh and then she's like oh it's my fault yeah that's, for inviting you into my bad. place that's pretty bad it, 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 yeah that's really bad and then she goes on to say like you know maybe one day right. we could but like you know i'm not ready now but maybe one day i'll be ready like implying that she's a virgin but like even that, it's like, like, hey, this guy tried to rape you, and you're still like saying, oh, right. well, we'll have sex one day. So, like, obviously that that is problematic. Is really bad in the yeah. original film, but like, there's problems in the remake too. He doesn't sexually assault her, thank God, because mm -hmm. like, if if you pick between the two protagonists, which one's going to be like more of that? It's definitely Josh Brolin's character, but yeah. like, he doesn't do that. But when he wakes up, she's reading all his letters. And we actually get voiceovers from Marie. Uh, right. Oddly enough, I don't. I don't think we needed those. You, should, you just need to, like just like a quick montage of her reading the letters. Yeah. Anyway, um, he he catches her reading letters and he's like, "Fuck you! What are you doing? Get the fuck out of here! I can't trust you. I'm gonna get away from you. I don't need you." Right. Next scene, she's fucking with him. Uh, just on the like, yeah. There was like no explanations. Like you just told her you don't need her. You don't want her around. Next scene, you guys are going like on this adventure together, trying to find uh, your right. daughter. Right. That, that's that's a mess. And then, like in that scene, Joe's like got a grip over. He's like, Joe, and like let go of me. You know, it's a pretty somewhat violent scene there. Um, like 
Yeah, no, you're right. There, there are issues with the interactions in both films. Uh, yeah, raping is like there's that one scene with Odesu in the elevator. I don't quite know what that was when he's in the elevator with that woman. Right. So I'm, I, you can interpret that a couple of ways. You can mm-hmm. interpret that as like he just hasn't seen a woman forever, so he's just like terrified of like a woman or like what he'll do right or like did he actually like orgasm just like being in an elevator or just right. being around a woman for the first time it's left ambiguous which is better yeah yeah no <laughs> there's a lot of ambig- ambiguity played throughout the original film right. which i think plays better um all around but like yeah he was really weird and creepy so yeah. you can interpret that a number of ways for sure yeah he, he's creepy <laughs> several times through the film um but again, just playing to, is it a cultural thing? Is it it could be. Of, yeah. could be. Like, I, maybe I don't quite understand what that is, you know? Um, kind of going forward with uh, the, the Olsen character, you're right. Like, the fact that Joe Doucette and her go off on this adventure, it doesn't make sense? No. It was never explained why she just decided to start following him. No. Like, you take a guy into your place, and then, you know, just want to make sure, like, he's able to... You know move on and just get going and so it makes sense like maybe why you'd want to like help him out because you've already taken him into your place right but um when marie sees him he's she's called to chucky's so pretty much she could just be done right as soon as like right. he's all like taken care of like okay he's, he's dehydrated i'm out of here right but she just sticks around I guess, so like I you, guess hypnosis makes sense in the original of like it doesn't make sense right right i guess because she believes his letters but like i mean I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a strong enough, um, you know, connection for this to happen. Um, well, maybe it should have just been stated outright. That's why, because they, you know, the, they do a lot of hand holding. I feel like yes. in the remake, but in certain instances like this one, they didn't. So it, the motivations aren't as you know strong. I feel. Yeah, they're they're not. Kind of kind of moving forward here. Um, Really, I think, you know, there's a bunch of other characters we could talk about, like Sam Jackson in the movie at some point. But I think, um, moving forward, it's probably a good time to talk about this mysterious captor. Yes. Let's let's knock this out. Um, so, in the original film, it's Yu Jite plays Lee Woo Jin. Uh, who's the man behind Ode Su's imprisonment. And in the remake, it's Charlto Copley, who plays Adrian Doyle Price, this stranger that has imprisoned Joe Doucette. I had no idea how difficult it was for Amanda then. The torture she endured, all because of you. Continue. Let's see. I got a lot to say about Charlto, so we'll start with Lee Ju Win. Um, yeah. Lee Ju is, um, I don't know, there's, there's like different factors about him that aren't really available in this remake. Um, like both characters are wealthy, you know, yeah. um, not really describe why the, well, Charlotte makes a little bit more sense why he's wealthy. He's kind of like family wealth. Right. Um, Lee Ju Win, eh, who knows, but he has this like kind of element where he has this pacemaker thing. Which I found kind of arbitrary, but I guess interesting. Like, um, where he's like, I can cut off my pacemaker and kill myself. Well, it's most likely a lie. Yeah, it, 
Absolutely, most likely. <laughs> but, but like, you know, it stops old boy from like just taking him out immediately. Um, Lee Juwin felt like just a more, I don't know, plausible villain to me. Yeah, I, for me, it, he just, again, going to the mystery, like, why is this random guy who seems like an average guy locked up? Why is this guy who is wealthy and seems like a regular dude, why is he locking mm. up this random guy? Right. So, again, just that plays into that mystery more, and so you're just, like, hooked a little bit more. You're just like, yeah, I want to know, as opposed to the other guy. Um, hold on. As, as opposed to Adrian, who immediately comes off as very creepy. He's creepy as shit immediately. Immediately. Like, I, I don't... I didn't understand the like whole point of just like I'm just going to be very creepy immediately like the, the way he yeah. talks the way yeah. he just handles himself the, the way he delivers himself he's just so creepy you know like there's something really weird about this yeah, guy he's off. so it's a lot more subtle in the original yeah yeah, yeah just like cause like you, you're just like why is Daisy locked up well why did this guy lock him up I don't even understand so again you just you're engaged as, Cause, as a viewer and then like in the original in the remake you're just like well that guy's creepy so it could be a number of reasons right because like Lee Ju Win is uh, is also seemingly normal person like when you first see yeah. him you know he's wearing like a bucket hat and yeah. he smiles like you just who's this guy yeah just some guy right yeah. like what the fuck like the like you mentioned the mystery the mystery's there the whole time because Ode Sue's seemingly normal. Lee Ju Win is seems like some normal guy. I don't know anything about yeah. this guy. I got no read on this at all. Add to the mystery because we don't know why this person would do this to that person. In the remake, it's like it's almost mustache twirling. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, they, uh, well, Joe, you'll just have to find else. It's like. This guy's like Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm like, calm down, dude. You know, he actually reminded me, um, and this isn't a good thing. He reminded me of the uh, the villain in Grandma's Boy. The robot guy. <laughs> Sit on my, my face. <laughs> like, I couldn't take him seriously as a villain. I'm just like, what is this like? He was over the top, for sure. Way over the top. Um, I, I just felt like, let's dial it back, man. Let's dial it back. I think that... Like I always say, like with Hollywood movies, I think there's just this hand-holding element right. to it, and he's immediately just the weirdest person. Yeah, <laughs> just, just like unsettling. Um, and cool guy, yeah, super cool guy. He's unsettling, and you know this remake just made it so cut and dry. An asshole and a lunatic. Yeah. You know, like, all right, like, here we are, an asshole and a lunatic meet in a bar with <laughs> Christopher. And, uh, but like, the original, like, yeah, I, I don't know, like, following that mystery felt yeah. fun because I didn't know what was going on right. at any point. Exactly. So every time they gave you a little breadcrumb and showed you a little bit more of each character, you were just completely engaged. It's like, I need to know, because this is such a weird situation. Yeah. As opposed to the remake, where you're just like, well, that guy's an asshole, and that guy's clearly just some weird creep. And so um, I think I know these guys. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. really know any other mystery needs to be unveiled to me. Yeah. And, I mean, the creep factor gets amped up a lot in the story, right? right. So 
ultimately in these films, uh, old boy is trying to figure out who this stranger is. Um, uh, Lee Ju Win, you know, he's an old, um, what, prep school friend. Um, well, friend, no. Right. Like, um, they both went to Evergreen Academy, which is consistent through both films. And you had the fact that Lee Ju was, um, was banging his sister, uh, uh, played by Yoon Jin So, who plays Lee Su Ah, who's Wu Jin's sister. Um, in the remake, Lizzie DeClement plays Amanda Price, who plays the sister of Adrian Price. So. Now, both films are twisted and right. messed up. Obviously, yeah. uh, um, <laughs> Incest in any way is pretty fucked up. <laughs> uh, the, the relationship between Yoon Jin So's uh, um, character, the sister, with um, Lee Woo Jin, like that, that was messed up. Like watching it, I was like, this yeah. is, this is dark. Very uncomfortable to watch. Uh, um, yeah, very uncomfortable. Like he's taking photos of her, they're yeah. interacting. She's taking the panties off, she's saying no, he just keeps going. It's, it, 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 it's it's uncomfortable. It's it's bad and it's uh you know like this if you ever read like Oedipus Rex like it's that type of yeah. twist and reveal. Yeah, and it's yeah. like okay that's yeah that's messed up right. The remake for whatever reason decides let's let's take it up a notch yeah. right. And I'm not sure why. Um, in the remake, Adrian Price's father uh, his name's Arthur Price in the film. Um, he's and that was confusing too, right? By the way, because yeah. uh, I didn't immediately know who this character was because he was never introduced. Um, I thought he was like the headmaster or something like that. Yeah. I was super confused until they had to walk me through that, which never a good sign in a movie when you're confused <laughs> for like a few minutes. But Arthur Price is the one that's having sex with uh, Amanda Price in the film. Um, turns out that's her father, and then they have this other awkward scene where like he's walking <laughs> so <laughs> this is so bad um before the death of the sisters in this film uh this arthur price character is like walking through his house with a shotgun and everybody's interacting with him weird like he walks into the room and the sisters like starts to take her clothes off father and he's like boom blows her away um he just sees the wife doesn't really care you're not one of my kids he just shoots her <laughs> i don't bang you i don't bang my kids <laughs> yeah and then you see like the young version of uh, Adrian Price, who's like father, and he starts to unbuckle his pants. So it is dark. It's weird. Everyone gets shot. Um, I didn't like it. I definitely didn't like <laughs> in the original, like the sister and the brother interacting. I really don't like when you add even more characters in this incestuous relationship, and I just felt like too much, too much. Pull it back. It, it, it's a lot more complicated in the remake. First of all, I just want to uh, note the absurdity of the remake. Like, as soon as dad walks in, you start to undress. Like, every time you see your dad, you just bang. <laughs> is, that, is that the whole thing? You don't even have, like, one family dinner? No, no. <laughs> you just got, father, here's, 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 here it is. Here's, here's my genitals. Uh, it's, it's like, it's, I love that. Every time dad walks in the room, time to undress. But like you know, he, they, he goes into this convoluted way of explaining like oh, my dad is yeah, such a loving yeah, guy. Yeah. But it's 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 weaker. It, it is it, weaker. It is weaker because like 
Daesu sees the brother and sister banging, ultimately leads to the sister committing suicide because rumors of her being a whore, rumors of her being pregnant. Right. And she actually started to show that she was pregnant. Right. Whether it was she was really pregnant or just some kind of psychological thing that made her belly swell, it's it's left ambiguous. Again, a lot of ambiguity mm -hmm. ambiguity in the original film, which plays to its strength. Yes. Um, so, you know. Yeah, like it's, phantom pregnancy? I've never heard of that. Right, right. Like, okay. <laughs> they do happen, though, sometimes. Yeah. So, um, like... <laughs> And then, like, you know, so that makes our antagonist is avenging his sister. Right. As opposed to the remake, where it's like, oh, the sister is getting treated like shit a lot. Again, playing to, like, that Joe Doucette being a douchebag. Mm -hmm. In that flashback they show, he was a real asshole to her for no reason. <laughs> yeah, he's just taking her panties after she did her laundry and just, like, flashing around, throwing them to, to young Christopher, <laughs> to young uh, Chucky, and she sniffs them. So yeah. they're all assholes. Yeah, they're all assholes. <laughs> and, and again, here we are again with this character. Who's been a dick his whole life, yeah. right? Like, yeah, his whole life. <laughs> he he's he's got an alcohol problem because um, like he's storing booze everywhere on campus. Uh, him and Chucky are just dicks. Like in the original, yeah, what they did was wrong. I, but I mean, is it <laughs> like? No, it, no, it, it's it's worse in the remake because. A young Duchette says, I told everybody. Right. I told fucking everybody. Right. When I saw that shit, I told everybody that your sister fucked some old guy. Yeah. In the original. They had to move to Luxembourg. Yeah. It was so bad. Daisy was just like, I just told my one buddy because mm -hmm. right, it was my last day. And he told him not to tell anybody. Right. And he did it. You, you know what's, um, what's interesting, too? Um, what makes this reveal better in the original is, uh, you know, because Daisy, because of the hip hypnotism, which again could could have gone sideways, but actually works here. It was like, oh, you hypnotized me and made me forget that this ever happened. He's like, no, you just forgot. Yeah. And like going just to quote like uh, Street Fighter Two, like for you it was the worst day of your life. For me it was Tuesday. <laughs> so, Julian, dude. So, so that's yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened in the original. Yeah. And like that that works really well. They're like this because there's this quote throughout the film um, about like. Um, you know, something sinking, whether it's a grain of sand right. or like a, a stone, right. they all sink the same mm -hmm. way, right? So like, it's it's a cool dynamic that Desu didn't really do anything that wrong, right? right? He like, told one friend about some weird shit he saw. He didn't know who the guy was. Right. He, knew the, he barely even knew the girl. Correct. He was like, oh, it's some girl. She's in your class. Um, that happened, and then the friend started talking. But like, yes, Daisu put that into uh, right. motion, mm -hmm. but like, it's it's a pretty normal thing. Like, hey, you, yeah. you got a buddy who's like, yeah, I saw something crazy. Yeah, I saw someone fucking in that room. Like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna tell some yeah, people. You're in high school. You're gonna tell a lot of people. <laughs> um, but because Joe Doucette is such an asshole, he, uh, like you said, the scene where he takes the girl's panties, he's already torturing her, so he knows who she is. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not like some random girl he doesn't know. It's like he's being a dick to her. Uh, and to the point that other people in the class are trying to defend her, um, him and Chucky go really hard on this uh, this gossip, yeah. um, and like and they show the flashback too of everybody calling her a whore in the yeah day, it's pretty rough. which looked pretty cheesy too like yeah, everybody's right. going whore 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 like they're fucking like it's ten like, years old or something yeah like yeah I don't know it, it was rough but but like you you also lose the element of uh, of him remembering right like it's not. They don't really address whether he remembered or didn't remember what happened. He's just like, oh, yeah, it's you, right? Like, the original, it, it's very, again, compelling that 
this moment was so inconsequential in his own life. Right. But it led to so much right. pain. So much, like, torture. Um, uh, Doucette, like, yeah, I mean, it... Hey. No one should be in prison for 20 years for, like, just stating something kind of factual. But, like, because this guy was an asshole, you know, it could swing you in that direction. And because the villain is so fucking strange, it, it all seems so arbitrary and weird, right? Like, wait, 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 man. You've got this, like, you don't understand the love that a father and a sister and a wife. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like... Yeah. It's... There's, there's too many players. It's too much. It, too yeah, much. so, like, it's it's just so simple. Like, obviously, it's the same incest. It's just, like, horrible and weird. Simple incest. Right? Just it's simple it. incest. Just love one member of your family, not all of your family. Can, right. we, can we simplify the incest here? Oh, man. So, That's it's, so like, it's also, like, I don't know, just, like, unclear exactly, like, who is he avenging? Is he avenging more of the dad and the sister? Yeah, kind of a little the bit dad, though. Like, yeah. Like, more to his dad. Like, did they all bang together? It's like, I, I don't man, know. I don't know, dude. You don't want to ask those questions, dude. Yeah, I don't want, want to be asking those questions. But, but, but he's but, like, Arthur Price was a good man, man. And he never did anything wrong. You don't understand. It's like, hey, bro, you're weird. You're creepy. Like, yeah. that's not the character saying it's me, the audience member. And I'm like, I don't, I don't like any of this. <laughs> I'll give it to this, though. Um... Adrian was very nice because he said, in addition to um, not killing the, the, the fake daughter, mm -hmm. um, he would give him like twenty million dollars in, in diamonds. Jewels. Yeah, yeah in diamonds. diamonds. So um, that's that's, cool. that's a new addition. Yeah. Uh, why? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's just part of his weird, like Saul-like <laughs> plot line. Yeah. Like, it's just, his revenge seems very weak. So just going back to the two antagonists, like. In the original film, Lee Woo Jin, like his whole thing is his sister was killed, so I'm gonna get back at this guy. And yep. ultimately he succeeds. Yes. Both villains in both films succeed. But like, you know, his thing's a lot more it's just, it's just easier to follow. Like, I loved my sister, you said this thing, it led her to commit suicide, so now I have to kill you. Or right. just I need to make you experience the same kind of pain, I guess that I kind of felt. Right. And then, and then, like, the remake, he's like, okay, so I experienced this pain because my dad killed all my family members and tried to kill me, but, like, so you're going to bang your daughter and then I'm going to give you all this money if you can figure it out right away. I don't know. It's just... It, the motivation of the antagonist is just doesn't make as much sense to me. No. And, and his suicide doesn't make any sense. Either. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like... The, um, I mean, we're without getting into the ending just yet, um, that scene plays just so much better in the original film. Like, there's because it's so simple, right? It was like, you didn't know this, it was me, I love my sister, um, dark as hell, but like, like that character's been holding that pain for so long, and it was a really simple. Storyline. So even getting this revenge, like when, uh, when the character does what he does, like everyone's just going through this agonizing moment, and it like it translated really well the way it was shot. In the remake, you're just like in another awful thing that I've done, in another awful thing, and um, yeah, you just yeah. And then when he takes himself out, yeah. uh, 
spoilers. Uh, I feel nothing. Like when, like that almost false start in the original when like both of them are like next to each other and he has the gun. Like it's like oh my goodness. Like that that could have been a poetic right. ending. Yeah, it's not the ending, but like wow, that's interesting. But like this is just like. And I just dumped all this information on you, and I'm out. Like, yeah. it's just, it, it, it just seems like a sloppy way of just getting rid of the super. antagonist in the remake. I'll give, without spoiling the endings, I guess. Um, the original, there's this line um, when he meets up with Desu one mm-hmm. time. He goes, revenge is great. Revenge can really mask everything. But once revenge is done, all that pain will resurface. Right. So that's exactly what happens to our antagonist. As soon as Desu gets all his comeuppance and he succeeds in his plan fully and Desu realizes he lost, he all that pain of his sister's death, her suicide, mm-hmm. comes rushing back at him. Yep. And he can't handle it at all. So he just kills himself like oh, immediately yeah. as soon as his revenge is done because like he said, revenge is great but as soon as it's gone, pain will resurface. We don't get anything like that nothing like that. and the, the only reason he would kill himself is because he said he would to to do set yeah and it's so much weaker because of that yeah just by saying that one simple line you know revenge is so useful to get through life but once it's gone pain will resurface it that is such a small line but it, it explains yeah. our antagonist motivations for why he killed himself yeah the throughout the film there's like little lines that um that, you know, they're subtle, they, they come back in like subtle ways, you know, like the painting, you know, laugh, laugh and the world laughs with you, weep and you weep alone. It's like, works, works with everything that's happening, the grain of salt, uh, excuse me, the grain of sand line works because Odesu didn't really do that much and here we are. Um, and Odesu does that fake smile so much yeah. in that original film. Yeah, it works really, really well. Um, and you know ultimately the way they sort of shoot that character's reaction after he kind of gets his revenge like that that's a well well shot scene it just all it's it's a simple package like in your head the mystery is like this big thing and it's very simple why we're here and it's the power of this original film this remake i hired an actress to pretend to be your daughter and then there she is over there and she's wiping a bruise makeup off her face and also i got these diamonds and also it was my dad and also and also and it's like hey man what this is too much bro like just simple story i think that again i don't know if it's because of the western audience i think that they're trying to not have a a guy being his sister and make like this villain character that we uh, we don't really meet, make him the bad guy and make them victims so that it all I guess makes sense in everyone's head. But like it just overcomplicates things and it, it weakens the story. Um, yeah. it, it's it's not the same story. No, it, and it it does not work. <laughs> Unfortunate. I mean, we're getting to the endings. Yeah, we should get there. But should we talk about the action first, or should we talk about? The yeah, action? let's let's talk about some of the action. Um, okay. In the film, I think that there's a there's there. I mean, we're talking about the action. There's a significant scene if you've seen the original Old Boy. That hallway scene. Yes. It's just such a powerful scene. It's it's a one shot scene, and it's just it's an amazing scene. So I think we should just start there because yeah. it is it so, is the action of so, both films. So yeah, I, I'll say this that um. In terms of like kind of minor action before we get there, both 
um, films kind of like we see this these characters training in the, the prison. Um, they both kind of like beat up some street toughs and that's, you know, whatever. Like we've learned these characters can fight. We really see they can fight when he goes back to his prison right. to get answers. Yeah. Um, after he tortures the warden, <laughs> uh, Samuel Jackson in the remake, we won't waste too much time because it doesn't really matter. Um, mm. um, whether you're pulling someone's teeth out or you're cutting their neck off, uh, whatever, torture. Um, that scene is sick in the original, it's dude. Sick in the original. It's sick. Like you get this, uh, you get this wide shot. Um, basically, you have a set where like they. It make it look like a hallway, but like you, clearly you're in the hallway. Right. Like you're, there's no other wall, right? And there's like fucking ten guys over here, and there's Ode suit. More than that, and, for sure. <laughs> dude, it is so good. It's actually believable that he would be fighting as many guys. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, and just the way the camera fucking hands and like as he's fighting like it's like this push pull like he's getting the advantage and the camera moves he's losing the advantage the camera moves um everyone's got weapons it's brutal visceral like uh he Ode Su's got a hammer and he's just like fucking whacking people in the face in the kneecaps and shit like that a guy stabs him early in the fight we'll get to that um and he's just fighting these guys with a knife in his back just brutalizing everybody i love this scene i'm gonna stop talking so you can talk about the scene <laughs> i mean i love it uh as well it's it's one of my favorite fight scenes like in a movie ever. ever um it like you said it's just it's just shot so well we're in this hallway it's one long shot you just see odacu fighting i love a lot of things about it one of the things i love is just you can just see how tired he's getting mm -hmm. the whole time like he's you know he's fighting a dozen guys at least <laughs> and you just see him getting more tired and tired and it's it's raw it's gritty it's fantastic i love it i love the score that's yeah. playing over it it's not this big bombastic action song it's like this really kind of like dramatic music mm -hmm. that's playing over it and it just works so well with it and i think a big reason the scene works so well is because of who Daisu is. He's not, he's not, he's not Schwarzenegger. He's no. not this big jacked guy. He's like, he's he's a, he's a flabby guy. He's, yeah. he's a bit heavy, and you know he's able to take out all these guys. And you had mentioned that we did see Daisu fight. We saw him fight a little bit. We saw yeah. him fight some kids in the street for like a second. We yeah. didn't see the full extent of that fight. So yeah, he can take out some kids randomly. Right. But to see him take out these full adults who are like pretty, gangsters. <laughs> pretty much like hired guns yep. for fighting. Yep. And he's able to take them all out. It just really makes it such uh, an impactful, a powerful, a memorable scene. And it was just shot so well and it's one of the highlights of yeah. the original oh. easily. So easily one of the highlights um, a lot of times when you watch like action sequences, yeah, you punch this guy, he's knocked out. Right. I I love that like guys are, like clutching their legs, yeah. they're throwing their weapons at him, yeah. like fuck you, man. Like uh, and they dude. miss. Like there's a lot of like just random stuff, like small touches in it that I like that just make it me feel more real. Like mm -hmm. he's backing up, and then there's a piece of plank of wood, and he just kicks it away. Yeah, you know, it's just. Small detail, yeah. but you know, it, it, it works. Like that it sells 
that this is real. It doesn't feel like choreographed. It just yeah. feels so raw. They throw the planks at him and they miss. It's like, I'm, yeah, yeah. They're they're just or, the last ditch effort to try to even beat again like. Uh, there's a similar scene in remake which we're gonna talk about. Um, but like he got stabbed early, right? And like, like he's there are moments where he's losing the fight, like yeah. where he's getting stomped out. And they they think he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do think he's dead, and he's like, ah, he's playing possum, and he's yeah. slamming the uh, the hammer around. I mean, like, um, is it a hundred percent believable? No, he's fighting twelve guys, but like, it feels like that yeah, could happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. Some like lunatic dude that's been training for fifteen years is just like kind of kicking some guys. Like I, I bought it and like the way it's shot, it's. I mean, I haven't seen a scene shot that well since like the raid. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. Like it, it feels, it feels real, even though it's a completely nonsensical scenario, yeah. man. Uh, so good, which makes me wonder. <laughs> Ten years later, <laughs> why they. It's shot so poorly in the remake. They they tried to do the exact same thing. They tried to do this like wide shot, um, single take thing. Um, apparently they did it in one take and they edited it, which is why. Because it takes place on two different levels. So I feel like when he climbs down, yeah. I feel like there's a cut there. Yeah. It feels like a cut. Just uh, the it, way it the does. camera moves around. It, the scene doesn't, it's not the same. No, like, it's not the same at all. Like, uh, I guess it's the fight choreography in the original, like like you said, the kicking of the plank and stuff like that. The, the way the camera moves, I mean, like, I can't emphasize this enough. Like, it moves in a way that makes you feel like there's tension in this fight. Um, in the remake, I don't feel that tension. I just see a guy just kind of like, you know, just hitting people that are falling down. Like, it, it just, it doesn't feel as visceral and real and I, I like I can't even really point my finger to it other than like it just shot much much worse yeah I, there's, there's a multitude of reasons I could explain why I didn't enjoy the uh, <laughs> fight in the remake um, number one Josh Brolin just going to again the physicality of our Daisu versus this Doucette guy like De Josh Brolin's a big guy yeah he is yeah. big guy he's an imposing guy mm -hmm. and we know he can fight because we saw him fight those guys at the football field earlier right and like Daisu's like I said is very important that they cut that Daisu fight with those kids quickly because mm -hmm. we didn't see the full extent of right. what Daisu can do right but we saw Josh Brolin fuck up that these football guys crazy. that was more graphic yeah, than was. this hallway scene the so our expectations of his fighting ability are already very high mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like Daisu you don't know the full extent of what he can do can he take out this hallway like like you said he got stabbed early it looked like he was gonna fucking lose yeah. but he's able to pull through but Josh Brolin his fight is just so fast he too. gets stabbed so much later in he the gets fight stabbed too. a lot later yeah like at the very end after Right before it cuts. Right. He gets stabbed. And, um, you know, Josh Bowen's big guy. Also, again, the music that's playing is much more what you'd expect from an action scene. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have that dramatic um, weight that it did in right. the original film. So you're just... It's, like, it's a kind of like, just like, let's just keep this going, let's go, let's go. Like, this adrenaline-building score as opposed to this score in the original film that's just so poignant and just like brings in like the weight of like mm -hmm. man this guy has been through a lot now he has to go through this shit <laughs> yeah. right now and you're gonna experience 
all of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you feel because this is what's going to happen right now. And then it cuts, and then you see, um, I'm now going back to the remake, it cuts and he goes down a level, and now we're shooting it behind a chain link fence too. So yeah. you can't even see yeah. that well. Yeah, it's a problem. So I, it, it just, it doesn't have the impact that the original had at all. Because like, after this initial sequence in both films, uh, Odysseus going through it in this fight. Like, he's, yeah. he wins, but like, it's pretty rough. And then when they introduce the fact that like, an elevator opens, yeah. and there's more guys, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> you know? It doesn't. It doesn't feel the same in the remake. It's like all right, elevator. All right. Like. There's so many moments in this fight. This is my impression of Odysseus. Half the fight. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy is going through it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Brolin maybe is just a, a couple seconds on his knees, but like he's he's going the whole yeah. time. Like you could just feel the the way it's just draining Odysseus the whole time. It's just masterfully shot. It. It, it is. Uh, you know, there's a reason why I think they showed it to me in a basically like a film studies class. Yeah. Um, it's about as good of a fight scene as um, as you can do on a film. It was incredible. Incredible scene. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that make this movie work, but, like, that sequence, I think, just puts it over the top. Yeah. From what a, one of the things I remember, like I said, one of the things I remember from viewing it my first time was just that hallway scene, just how long it was. It just kept going. You just thought it was, like, over for days. Right. But it just kept going, and he actually pulls through in the end. And you don't get that sense of like Josh Brolin might not make it through this no. at all. No. Yeah, no. yeah, that, that's a major difference. Um, like we said, I think the uh, the storylines more convoluted. We alluded to the fact that um, Samuel Jackson's in this uh, remake. He plays a warden called Cheney. Uh, the original warden in the other film is uh, he's more consequential. Like he's more scenes with him and stuff like that. He gets, Mr. Park. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Park. He gets his arm cut off and he has no he gets his uh, first super, first of all he gets his teeth pulled out yes which is a lot different than just getting a little bit of skin uh and then just going to like i guess this is action i guess you can call it, like just the ripping out of the teeth the way yeah. it was shot like even to this day like when i rewatched it i still was just like i don't know man i don't know if i can watch this man. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. that teeth getting pulled out it's just like because they really just zoom in on that the back of the hammer, just like against the teeth, you see the, uh, the blood start to drip down. Yeah. Right before he just yanks the first tooth out, it's yeah. just so much more brutal for some reason than like a little bit of skin here, a little yeah. bit of skin here. Yeah, it's like on the rip your head off. Like that's a weird roundabout way to torture yeah. somebody. Um, uh, Dal Su O is Park Chol Wong in that movie. Um, yeah, like because Mr. Park has like multiple scenes, right? Like there's a, yeah. your initial torture. When he comes back, he basically begins to torture, well, is about to torture Odesu, and we get almost like this false start where he's like, yeah. ah, see, your mind is worse than the actual pain. Right. Um, and then that guy comes back, who's like, well, no, like, even though I cut his hand off, uh, the the bad guy or the captor in that film, so no, he still works for me. I mean, like, I traded his hand for another prison, basically. Um, I was expecting Samuel Jackson's character to like come back into play, and he doesn't. Doesn't really. Mm. No, not until the very end, and even then, it doesn't really matter because it didn't even have to be Sam Jackson. It could just been anybody. Could be anybody. Could be anybody. Uh, kind of a waste of time, man. Yeah. Um, he had a cool mohawk. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And uh, 
The only other thing that I'll note in the film, um, for anyone, I guess if you really want to watch this movie, uh, you get to see a lot of Josh Brolin's butt, and uh, Elizabeth Olsen um, uh, gets uh, nude in the film, so if that's what you're into, uh, yeah, that's in that film. <laughs> we have four Marvel alums. We got Josh Brolin, Thanos, yep. we got Scarlet Witch, Elizabeth Olsen, we have Mantis, uh, who plays a bodyguard. Um, I don't remember the actress's y name. Yeah, the actress's name... Well, here. I'll say this. We have Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, and then uh, we have... Palm, Palm Clementif. Palm Clementif, who plays Mantis in the Guardians of the Galaxy. So we have four yeah. Marvel alums <laughs> way before, I guess, any of them. No, because... No, it, it was, no, no, it was no, 2013. So. No, because I think Scarlet... Okay, so Nick Fury was definitely there, but like I don't think Scarlet Witch came until Age, uh, Age of Ultron, which is after. That's true, and I don't think we had... Uh, the Mantis. Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't later. Definitely not uh, Mantis. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they were just testing out the, the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe mm -hmm. and the Old Boy uh, Universe. Um, but yeah, I, I think that ultimately, I think we got in terms of action, in terms of like a lot of these major differences, it might be time to talk about the endings. Yeah, we can talk about the endings. So, like you said, in the original, we have this hypnosis element, which we'll play into it soon. Anyway, um, so when Odessu finds out that it is his daughter, um, he, like, freaks the fuck out. Yeah. Again, we talked about him being kind of pathetic in the beginning. We see the pathetic Desu, uh, Odessu here again. So he's like, I'll do whatever you want. I'll, you want me to be a dog? He's he's barking like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's... Licks his boot. It's, uh... Yeah, it's, it's, he's really... He's as pathetic as pathetic can be. He's doing anything. He's like, please, you're not telling me, though, yeah. about our relationship. I'll do anything you want. Right. And then, just, just to clarify, um, at one point in both films, uh, the old boy character uh, has sex with the love interest, which is recorded by the captor, and after um, old boy thought that he saw the, the thing, was like, you banged your sister or your dad banged your sister. Um, the guy was like, I, I do li love this line. It's like, um, you, uh, you know, you asked the question of like who I am, but you didn't, never asked the question why I imprisoned you for. No, no. He's like, you asked the question why I imprisoned you. You never asked the right question why I let you out. Right, right. Why I let you out. And um, it was a make you banger. Uh, you know, <laughs> And yeah. Just to clarify, because as you're saying, once um, old boy in the original film knows that Mito's his daughter and that the antagonist is going to tell her, he starts to do the things you're describing. Yeah, so he's a. So our main character knows, and uh, the daughter's pretty much going to get uh, savvy to mm -hmm. that. She's going to be told. Mm -hmm. And um, Daisu is pretty much doing anything he can to persuade our antagonist. He's like, please don't. I'll be your dog, I'll be your bodyguard, I'll be whatever you want. Then he finds a pair of scissors. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I know what you want. So, you're like, we don't see it, but it, again, just shot masterfully. We see Daisu's eyes, we see the scissors go up to his tongue, then it just kind of cuts to his hand, and we see the scissors completely closed. So we know that Daisu has cut out his tongue. Yes. Because it was his tongue, and is talking about the sister, which made her commit suicide, which led us where we are today yep. so like he cuts out his tongue and ultimately the antagonist is like don't tell him yeah. he's like all right <laughs> that was good enough for me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah don't tell her so he just kind of leaves Desu there he's like he's pathetic as he is he's he's one 
But like I said before, now that his revenge is fulfilled, mm-hmm. the pain of his sister's death and being there and just letting her go on top of that dam, letting her fall to her death, was too much for our antagonist. So he just takes a gun, blows his head out. Yeah. And that's it for the antagonist, but that's not it for Daisu because he finds the hypnotist. He's able to write to her. He obviously can't speak to her because he's cut his tongue out. And she didn't want to help him, but it was the last line in that letter. Yeah. He's yeah. like, even though I am a beast, am, am I not allowed to live? Yeah. Right. And that line charmed her enough where she's like, okay, I'll put the hypnosis on you. Your daughter doesn't know who you are. Now you won't know about your relationship. So she does her little hypnosis. And then the daughter shows up and she's like, what, Daisy, what happened? What, I don't, what had happened? He's like, what? I don't know. He's like, were you with somebody? There's two chairs there, but it's kind of left ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends um, with Daisu's smile. And, you know, <laughs> smile and the world smiles with you. Yeah. So, again, a little ambiguous. Was there really the hypnotist there? And if she was there, did it really work? Or right. is he just pretending? So, yeah. he's just gonna be with his daughter in a really fucked up way but he might be happy he might not be happy we don't know it's left to us to decide yeah i i love that in this like closing sequence like our uh our villain character uh legion when um when he takes the gun he puts it up to both their heads and right but he doesn't pull the trigger there that was that was masterfully done like you mentioned the cutting of the tongue um Ode Sue trying to like because at one point uh, this villain says that he has a pacemaker right. that he can turn off at any time, basically to buy himself time so Ode Sue doesn't kill him. Ode, he's trying to push the button, doesn't work. It doesn't work. Just plays audio of the first time Sue and his daughter had sex uh, again, uh, playing into the age thing because she's a virgin. So like the whole time they're having sex, she's just talking about how much it hurts, yeah. but she's yeah. willing to take it for him because she loves him. I think that just makes it so much worse. It's, it's so bad. It's a it's all bad. Um, <laughs> it's all bad. And, and, you know, as the villain's, like, you know, triumphant in that moment, right, walking away, I really enjoy the fact that, like, they take him back to when he was on that dam with his sister, yeah. trying to hold her back from jumping off the dam, and you see the young version of him, and then it turns into the old version of him, mm-hmm. sim- symbolizing that pain that you're talking about, the yeah. fact that, like, even with the revenge, he still feels it, and he compels him to shoot himself. I mean... Yeah. These choices make this scene so strong. I mean, like, you want to talk about, like I said, like an Oedipal, like, tragic storyline. They just, they take a nice bow and wrap it up. And uh, the ambiguity at the end is strong, too. Yeah, the antagonist constantly says, like, Daisu, like, I was lonely so many times, but you kept me going. Mm -hmm. You kept me going. Now that he no longer has his pet to play with, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, suicide. Yeah, he's, he's done. Like yeah. his only driving force right. was to get revenge, and now that that's done, like what, what's left? Right. Yeah, very strong. Very nah. different ending. <laughs> Here we go. In the remake, so I'll, I'll try to take. Yeah, this yeah. One. I was about to say, please take this. So you get kind of the same thing, right? Like, um, um, you know, uh, homeboy. <laughs> Josh Brolin's Joe Doucette goes back to the Evergreen Academy. He finds out what happens um, at this at this point in the remake. We have like this false daughter that's been shown in the television. 
series. And Joe Doucette thinks he's going to like, you know, I know who you are. You're going to uh, not kill my daughter. You're going to give me the diamonds for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he uh, he immediately, very different actually, he immediately kills uh, Palm, Palm's character. Yeah. Like, just like, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, all right, she's kind of keeping his ass. He's like, ah, I had a... I had a razor in the other hand the whole yep. time. It's like, well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> and, and, like, because that was different, I was like, all right, what are we going to do here? But, um, <laughs> um, Adrian Price, he goes into this creepy story. Come along with me, Joe, uh, if you want to see your daughter. And he basically shows that, like, um, Mia Doucette, as has been shown in this television series, isn't real. There's a whole television um, studio in this guy's creepy mansion basement thing. Um, um, you see the actress who's playing Mia Doucette playing the violin. Cello. No, oh, cello. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking musicians. <laughs> no, but you're right. It is a cello. Um, yeah, she's playing the cello and Josh Brown's like, oh, there's my daughter. And he's, you know, he's like, I love you. <laughs> and and uh, Adrian Price's like, Nah, um, you, you can leave now. I've been paying her to pretend to be your daughter for like years now. Um, she wipes, like I said, the makeup off her face, and and Josh Brolin is just confused as hell. <laughs> um, that's when we get into the whole backstory with the. I don't know, there's a lot, there's a bunch of stuff, right? Um, once it's revealed that Mia Doucette is not Mia Doucette, he shows this like weird projection of um, the life of uh, Joe Doucette's real daughter, who ends up being Elizabeth Olsen, surprise, surprise, uh, plays that music, just like you were talking about, uh, not music, but plays the audio of um, Josh Brolin and Elizabeth Olsen uh, banging in the, in the series. He shows the video of it, actually. Yeah, he does, no. doesn't he? Doesn't he? He sure does. <laughs> and, man, what, what, Throws me off here is that, right? Like, we don't get the same reaction. Like, you don't get this whole, I'm cutting my tongue out. You're not yeah. getting this whole, like, back and forth, like, my sister and, like, uh, flashbacks of the sister. Because, like, that, we've effectively, we already talked about that in this film. Um, you just basically get Josh Brolin begging yeah. um, Adrian Price to not tell uh, the Elizabeth Olsen character about what what happened, right? Um he doesn't, I guess. Yeah, wasn't exactly sure. You just, you just like, yeah, hey, I guess I won't. Yeah. Good point there, Joe. <laughs> and then he like um, graphically just kind of like blows his brains out. I didn't quite. Yeah, I don't know. Like the, like I said, the original old boy scenes. That whole sequence is just like super. Like you're locked in. Like holy hell, look at all the stuff that's happening. This is like, yeah, here's a video, <laughs> and um. Yes, I guess I won't tell. And then I just shoot myself in the head. Um, and what's different in this sequence is Joe Doucette, instead of like like you said with the hypnotist and uh, going and trying to erase his memories from his head, he writes another letter. We get another voiceover. He writes Elizabeth Olsen. He's like, um, you know, I've done an unforgivable sin. You're never gonna see me again. <laughs> like you will never see me again. And try to be happy with that doctor guy we introduced. Um, earlier in the first act, uh, who doesn't matter, and he basically pays the Samuel Jackson character to yeah. put him back into the prison. Right. Uh, he gives you know the 
daughter a bunch of diamonds, you know, like, take care of yourself, kid. Yeah. And then you see him smile as he's, like, imprisoned himself for the sin right. of having sex with his daughter. Um, yeah, no. Just, no. Not a fan. It, it, it's definitely a weaker ending. Um, the fact that he just didn't want to tell the daughter for no real reason, like... They have no connection. You're not connected. Um, I guess to save her from this this truth, but like, you know, you you have this concept because they introduced a doctor where he's like, yo, don't hurt her, dude, because she's an addict and she might be an addict again. Just be like, hey, you know, I know we've had this great connection or anything like that, but peace, I'm I'm out. <laughs> and like the idea that like because it's happened, like I never want to see my daughter again because. I don't know, like, it just, you spend 20 years in this prison. Right. You go through all this effort, and this completely sociopathic billionaire, like, puts you through, like, this crazy Riddler, Joker-style, like, <laughs> scenario. And, yeah, no, it's bad. It's Yes, it's an unforgivable sin, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, we we've got no closure for this other character who just exists to be your daughter. Um, and you're ending, you're telling me that your solution is to go back into the prison? I, I don't know. I just found, I found it to be really weak. I don't, like, I don't care what happens. Like, it's, it's not your fault, you know? And, like, don't, like, like leave the country. Do something else. Like, <laughs> you, you have a life to live. And, like, it just, um, I don't know. It, as problematic as it could be for Odesu to continue his relationship. Um, I found that more fitting than this, like, I'm going back into the the cell. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, what the old, what the original old boy does is uh, has the antagonist win. He completely wins. Yep. And that he, his fan is, his plan is fulfilled and it seems like Odesu is going to continue that relationship. So, so, the relationship that the antagonist had with his sister, Odesu, is going to continue having yes. his daughter, which is fucked up. Is fucked up. Yes. But the antagonist wins. Right. Outright. Completely. No. Uh, oh, there's no question. Yeah. He, plan, um, the plan was implemented. Uh, yeah. It was masterfully done. And, uh, yeah, he taught Odesu as, as fucked up it, as it is. It like statuous love, yeah. Yeah, dude. And, <laughs> and um... Yeah, man. I don't know. It's it's dark and tragic, but uh, but our villain completely wins. In the remake, our villain does win. He has him right where he wants him, but then he just decides to kill himself a little early. Yeah. And then Doucette is kind of left to his own devices as to like what he wants to do, right. and he decides to like you said, he's paying for his ultimate sin by being in solitude. So the antagonist doesn't complete his mission like he does in the right. original film. That's a that's a great point. Um, no, because um, Joe Doucette ends things on his own terms. Yeah. Like, he's just, you know, does it suck to go back to the prison? I guess, but, like, he put himself there. I feel like, you know, if he ever got tired of it, he'd be like, hey, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I think I'm done with this. I want to go to Wendy's really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, um, I don't know, like, that, that change is just not it's it's a little nonsensical, you know. Yeah, like, they're giving him this agency where it's not, it, it, but it's so weak right. at the same time, right? 
because, you know, you, you got Elizabeth Olsen kind of driving around, here I am again on my own. Like, <laughs> you know, you know um, yes. it, it's implied that they she... should have just had that song. Yeah, they really should have. They, they imply that, you know, that this character is going to have a decent life going forward. Right. I don't know how. You know, yeah. um, I don't know. Just uh, like you said, the antagonist killing himself at the end doesn't have nearly the same weight because he's not reacting the same way our antagonist did in the original. Right, exactly. Which was he had this relationship with his sister. The sister thing is like inconsequential to him, it seems like. Right. Um, you know, he does get mad at Chucky for calling her a whore. Right. Um, but like he seems to be more concerned with family legacy. Right. Versus love. So it's not a one to one connection, right? Mm -hmm. Like um the this villain in the original is like, I love my sister, you love your daughter, right? Like, um, this is like, I have an honorable family, my father was right, and what you did is, is wrong, and I'm gonna show you how, how right this type of love is, and then I'm just gonna kill myself, and I don't really care what you do after that. Uh, showed you, like that, that's, that's the, like literally that's the end of the movie. Told you, and <laughs> he just shoots himself. Weird, man. No. I mean, you somewhat made the antagonist in the original sympathetic. Just be like, yeah. putting him through that scene again, making him relive his sister's suicide. Obviously, he says this fucked up, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, I felt bad for the guy. Yeah, I'm gonna relive that. They they make it, um, which I guess is kind of the point. They make it so that you relate to this monster, you know, yeah. like this villain, and like. Yeah, it's all it's all wrong. <laughs> like it's all wrong, but like because his take on that scenario and us seeing him in the end with his sister like leaving this sort of mortal plane, like it just uh you almost forget how fucked up it is. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, Oh my god, like this this is terrible what's happened to this right. guy. Um but yeah, yeah, I don't know, like in a, in a way, in both films, like, uh, this antagonist is taking no responsibility for his actions, right? Like, right. his role in this is not discussed. This is all Odesu's mm -hmm. fault, or this is Doucette's fault. But it's like, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, like, the original film does in a way that, like, all right, yeah, I guess I could see what you're saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess, he, I guess he messed that up for you. That remake, I don't know, man. It's just such mm -hmm. a weird, right. strange complicated thing is like I don't know what I'm supposed to cling yeah. to here I think part of the problem is just the antagonist she's just so weird and creepy another please sit on my <laughs> sit on my face dead dead uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, another small difference uh, I noticed it's like it seems like the antagonist like everybody who works for him knows about this incestuous relationship yes. but in the original maybe that's not common knowledge to everybody it, when Odesu when says to him in the elevator because he's got his henchmen with him yeah. he's like you were fucking your sister he the antagonist does this pause where he just looks at the guy he hired just to kind of gauge his reaction yeah. like, so what do you think about that huh I'm fucking yeah. paying you yeah. better not have any opinions about that so it's like it wasn't like everybody knew but like in the remake everybody knows I love banging daddy yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and, and then like I don't know because the hiring of people, right? Like the actors and stuff, right? Like that. Like when the actress leaves, it's so 
weird, right? Because it's like I, I get that you're paying her, but like when she just sits there and like helps you torture people, like that's like I it, I don't know. It's just like you said, with everyone knowing what's going on, it's harder for me to just sit there and be like, like I guess he's paying you all well, but like it, it brings in uh, ethical concerns about people that are inconsequential <laughs> in the film. I didn't. I didn't hate that he hired an actress to play the daughter. Mm-hmm. I thought that was actually a good misdirection. The original maybe could have used because yeah. he kind of just gives up on the daughter. That's fair. And it's like we well, just kind of gave up on her. But like, yeah. So it makes more sense. I I, I liked that inclusion. That like let's let's have this real uh, this this or this it, fake daughter here, so that when the twist comes, like you're really like, oh yeah. shit! I really had no idea. It, so yeah. I, didn't, I didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. I, you know, I found like the scene where he kind of dismisses her to be weird. But I did think that, like, in terms of some of the changes they made, that was one of the stronger ones because of the psychological toll of like you're like this, like Truman Show type like, this audience of one thing right. where it's like you're the one person that this is on television for, right. and like I've got infinite resources, so I just made this happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it is a good misdirect. Um, like you mentioned in the original, she was adopted by people in Sweden. And, uh, yeah. That's it. Uh. Yep. <laughs> Here's a phone number. You going to call her? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. because in the remake, too, like this whole thing is like, um, the antagonist is like, I'm going to kill your daughter mm-hmm. unless you do this. In the original, it's like, I'm going to kill... Mito. Mito, right. Yeah, so the da- there's no threat to the daughter, so you think he's doing this whole thing for his daughter, so the fact that he was banging his daughter, just like, wow, it should be more fucked up, but for yeah. some reason it doesn't feel more fucked up yeah. than the original. No, sure, sure. Yeah, it's all, it's all real strange. Um, yeah, uh, that's how that's the how remake it. ends. Yeah, that's yeah. how those movies end. <laughs> um, it, that's heavy stuff, dude. Um, yeah. I guess we're <laughs> we're at the portion where we kind of discuss it. We talk music, we talk action. Um, we're at the point now where it's like, uh, I guess, Dan, should this remake exist? Upon my rewatch, like, I guess I'll go back. When I first watched the original Old Boy, I thought it was like an amazing film. Mm-hmm. Subject matter is fucked up, but it just told in a way that that completely engrossed me, and I was just like, I want, I needed to know more and more. Like, why is this happening? Where are we going? This is where we're going. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good action scene. Fuck. This is <laughs> fucked up. Um, you know, it's it's a really amazing film. If you haven't watched it, what are you doing? Listening to this, definitely yeah. watch it. It's such. A great film and to remake that is a tall order because it's so good that original film did Spike Lee hit that mark I don't think he did I don't think he did at all Um, it's just there's so many small changes that really affect so much it's it's nuts like we spent so much time discussing Desu versus uh, Duchette Mm. and just like how making him an asshole just like completely changed the whole film and it really does and i just found very little to latch on to in the remake and then even the action scene even though it shot very well and looks really cool it still pales in comparison to what was done 10 years prior i know it's it's nuts how a film that came out 10 years later just wasn't able to meet it but um 
there's problems with it and even Spike Lee has said that like, he's disowned the film so at the end of the day I'm gonna say no this remake should not exist that original old boy is fantastic as it is did not need to be redone yeah that's fair I mean uh, you know apparently with the Spike Lee thing there's more to, there's like 30 more minutes at least yeah it's it, the film right now is a little over 100 minutes his original vision was 140 minutes mm. the studio made him cut a lot of stuff so he was not happy yeah yeah well um riding that momentum uh he wasn't happy i wasn't happy uh <laughs> the original film is is a very unique film um i remember the first time i watched it I was, you know, I've used this word a few times today, but I was compelled. Like, I was watching it. There's this mystery. Who is this Ode Sue guy? Who, like, who's this? And, like, when Mito shows up, um, it's like, yeah, okay, like, that's cool. Like, whoever this Mito is, but, like, what's happening with the mystery? <laughs> and, like, that's the misdirection in the film. They're like, um, you've got this character that plays this sort of love interest, and by the end, you find out who this love interest is, and just the tragedy of it all of what happened to uh Odisu, what happened to Mido, what happens to uh Wu Jin and, and like and his sister and stuff like that like it, I've never seen a film like this yeah. um in terms of action sequence that you're talking about every time I watch it I get hyped up because it's just shot so damn well um I mean this one take fight sequence it's, just, it's so good and there's just all these little like if you go back and watch the film there's these little references throughout that are alluding to what's to come and it's again if you haven't seen old boy stop listening to us and go watch <laughs> old boy um the remake the changes are i mean there are a few changes that work i mean you did reference uh the 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 fake mia do said that yeah. that was I like the gaslighting with like the fake show, the fake daughter. I thought that was a smart decision. That was that was strong. I mean, but like you're doing random things like uh, the sequence. Like yeah, there was a fight with some guys in the original film, but like in the remakes, it's like this ridiculous like yeah, fighting on a football field. Yeah, it's just like, it's, it goes. Well, it's over. The, it's the more violent than the fight in the hall. Yeah, and like these guys didn't really do anything yeah. they're like actually trying to protect someone else from this yeah, creep to, you know but yeah protecting a woman from this guy who is yeah. who is a creep in the movie he is a creep. <laughs> and, and then on top of that like he does it in front of like the girlfriend's it's, yeah. it's all like he's an irredeemable character um that just floats through this this story they make the villain so cartoonish they're like yeah i, I mean like i don't know there was something much better about the subtlety of the villainry in the original film they're like by just leaning into i'm a bad guy and this is a bad guy like it left nothing to the imagination so that when we get this reveal which is so impactful in the original film it's flat like it, it's yeah it's messed up but like i don't know like even the way we get into elizabeth olsen in the story doesn't matter like the reveal doesn't feel like it has the same weight because we haven't set up the same stakes and um, adding the father and stuff like that, the whole thing, it's just its just muddier, it's messier, uh, it's less interesting, uh, the fight sequence isn't shot as well, like, it's just, how do, you, how do you mess that up, right? Like you said, it's 10 years later and you didn't do anything better? Like, that's, that's actually hard to pull off, especially with this incredible cast of characters. Like, the cast is incredible and everybody, 
just, no one gets it. Like, no one gets it right in the film. And um, I don't know if it's a screenplay, I don't know if it's a direction, the studio notes, but it, this is not a good movie at all. And um, especially if you know that a much better film exists that's about the same thing, just like go watch that. Hollywood, stop doing this. Like, you don't have to. If you're going to do a remake, yeah. do it. Do it right. Yeah. You know, they didn't do it right. This should not exist. It's a bad movie. Yeah. Watered down remake for sure. Yeah. It's just. You can make that fight just like. You could make it so much better. Like, have the camera move around a little bit more. You don't yeah. have to do it exactly the same way where it's just like shot from like one side. Like, yeah, let's go around. I, let's, yeah. let's have some I think fun. You're right. Like, yeah. I think if like. Because um, I mentioned like that push pull motion, but like maybe if you like. Flip the camera when he's losing parts of the fight. You know, yeah. like that could have it go around. Yeah. Do something a little bit different by doing almost the same thing, but having it on two separate levels. You could, you could even get like um like a like a top down shot too. Like that could be interesting. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. What we got wasn't though. Yeah, it's just overall uh, characters, action, the story, the music. Everything just works so much better in that original film. Everything went down in the yeah. remake for sure. And again, well, we like I said, we've heard Spike Lee his, his original vision like wasn't met, so he actually changed it from his usual a Spike Lee joint to directed by Spike Lee because yeah. he just hated the film. Josh Brolin has come out saying he hates the theatrical cut and yep. what Spike Lee's original vision was a lot better. So it's just, yeah, it's it, it's not a good film. It, it does not even need to be watched, I think. Yeah, I, you know, speaking of like studios and stuff like that, like, did anyone know what they were doing? Like, have you seen Old Boy? Like, maybe they haven't. Like, it's funny too because like Elizabeth Olsen didn't even know about the ending yeah, until she I actually saw, saw the movie. It's like, how do you? you know, I, I get like not wanting to watch the original to not want to like imitate what the sure. original actors did, but like to but, not know what that so, was. It's, it's I don't crazy. know because like you know scripts are scripts, right? Like, I'm I'm assuming you someone your management or someone read the whole script like mm -hmm. i get like a character not knowing certain things like um you know especially like television like television if you don't see a whole script so we don't ruin you know season finales and stuff like that i get that but like a movie you didn't <laughs> you didn't know what happened like that almost doesn't pass the smell test to me um she was fine in the movie uh everybody's everyone's fine. fine you know yeah. like Samuel Jackson, just, you know, another Samuel Jackson performance. Like, that's never terrible, but, like, I just it never elevates yeah. to a level that it needs to. The original film is unsettling, but, again, I'll use this word one more time. It's unsettling, but it's compelling. Um, yeah. This remake is unsettling and kind of boring. Yeah, yeah it's pretty boring. Yeah, and it's shorter, too. But it's it's more boring. It's much more boring. It's so weird. It's just like again, just Josh Brolin's such an asshole. It's it's so hard to really want to follow him on this journey. And he, like I said, he doesn't have a redeemable turn. So he's just kind of the same guy. I mean, he stops alcohol, but it's it's not yeah, enough. Yeah. All right. So uh, I mean, I think that's I think we said enough. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like people who are watching this could have figured it out because we had nothing but bad things to say right, about right. the remake the whole time. You no, know, when when. Usually, like, there's usually like a back and forth. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of like the witches, for instance. Like, we're like, 
they'll find a thing to cling on to. It's like, I really like this. Yeah. It, where this movie probably should have been able to get it done was like the action. Right. You know, I was like, all right, yeah, you yeah, fucked with the story, but damn, that was cool. I mean, the first fight scene with him fighting the football guys was definitely interesting. It was. It was but it was too early. It was too early. Too yeah. un- inconsequential. And yeah, especially because all he was they were just trying to protect a woman. You right. know? They shouldn't right. have gotten <laughs> beaten that bad, those right. guys. Like in the original film, it's like street toughs that yeah. like are messing with him. Um, and this is just like, Hey dude, what are you doing? Leave that woman alone mm. and he just batters these <laughs> these guys in front of uh uh, women, it's just again, like Jesus. Dude. Again, just making him more of an asshole. Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're a bad guy. <laughs> He's a terrible guy. Yeah, yeah. So, oh well, oh well. Well, <laughs> let us know what you guys thought. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree with us? Did we miss anything? Let us know in the comments. Reggie, it is time to decide our next episode. It is. We uh, have been thinking about this. We have, and we're gonna change directions a little bit, and uh, we're gonna do a little bit of horror. For you guys so our next episode is going to be on poltergeist hey yeah poltergeist a little horror film yeah man so that'll be good that'll be good to help me sleep in my new house uh, yeah. about a haunted yes yeah. and the audience knows i'm a huge horror yeah, yeah. it's my favorite genre <laughs> so cool man i'm looking yeah. forward to it so poltergeist it'll be some fun stuff all right um well i'm dan bulick you can um if you're on YouTube, definitely, you know, let us know what you think in the comments. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five star or a good review to help us grow the channel. Absolutely. I'm Reggie Parker. Um, you can follow us on um, Instagram at Retro versus Remake. Uh, like Dan mentioned, follow us on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, you're, if you're watching this, you're watching on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Um, Really appreciate you guys' support. I've been reading a lot of the comments on YouTube. I've been having fun replying to people. So, yeah, keep them coming. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Retro vs. Remake. The hallway fight edition. Oof. Such a good fight. Such a good fight.